Hello, everybody, and welcome to Two Brown Sheeps, a podcast for storytellers. I'm Sabrina, and I'm super excited today to have one of my dearest friends, Julie Ouono. Welcome, Julie. Hi, Sabrina. Thanks for having me. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for being here. So Julie and I went to middle, I guess it's high school, right? Because no, it was middle school and high school. We were in eighth grade and ninth grade together in Moscow, Russia. Yeah. In two th in nineteen ninety I was there from nineteen ninety nine to two thousand and one. Yeah, so that's exactly the period when we were together at yes. school. And you, yeah. you but you lived in Russia for a long time. Yeah, I lived in Russia for nine years. I left a year after you, so in two thousand and two. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had arrived, um, let me remember, in 1991 or, or yeah, 1991 or right after the, 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 the wall, the, the Eastern Berlin Wall had, had collapsed. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I stayed quite a long time, more, more than 10 years, almost, almost or more than 10 years. I don't remember exactly. But yeah, yes, that's crazy. Yeah. So Julie is originally from Cameroon. Yes. Right, and you refuse. You don't have the French passport, right? Yeah, not yet. I used to refuse it with all my my heart <laughs> and beliefs, but um, I, I'm more and more realizing that it's not that practical to have a a second class passport, as I call it in English. Yes. Oh, completely. Uh, yeah, it's too difficult to travel, especially when you travel a lot for work, mm -hmm. like, like I do. It's uh, it's really. Um, a pain in the ass to be, to be very honest, mm -hmm. uh, having to get visas all the time, having to stress out whether you'll get the visa or not. Okay. Fortunately for now, I have, I haven't received a, um, a negative response to a, a visa request, but nevertheless, it's a lot of stress. You yeah. have to queue, you have to, oh my goodness. No. I know. I know. I'm from <laughs> Nepal. Julie, I'm from Nepal. I know exactly yeah. what you mean. In fact, I'm sure your passport is better than mine. Mine is like literally in the top worst, top 10 worst passports to have in the world. Wow. So I completely understand. So Julie actually is a lawyer and she's also a local celebrity in France. Uh, oh, wow. She is, yeah, you are, you know you are. <laughs> You're also the executive director of Internet Without Borders, which right. can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes, it's, um, it's an organization and a network of an organization, which... Uh, defend and promote human rights in the digital space and in the digital era. So how to make sure that the, the freedoms and rights that we enjoy uh, in the offline world can also be protected with the same strength in the online world. Now, that's really, really cool. And Julie also comes often on France 24, which is France's yeah. international television channel, just like CNN. Yeah. It's so interesting that you're doing all of this now because when we lived together in Moscow, it was such a different world back then, right? I mean, we didn't have internet. I remember, do you remember that, you know, we used to chat? Like, this is how, yeah. she, this is how both of us, <laughs> this is how both of us learned how to type on a computer. Right, right. Because, it was, yeah. Internet was uh, nascent, I think, at the time. We still had, you know, this connection that you had to plug on, a modem and you had to hear the tone of the phone like dialing the number to get online it was fun it was and we were often on msn chatting with people <laughs> we 
who who believe we're in the U.S. <laughs> and we're huge college or high school guys. Yes. Currently, we're not for some yeah. of them. Oh my so. God, Julie! Do you remember? So Julie and I got obsessed with this one guy on a chat room. Yeah, <laughs> we were obsessed with him because his his email address was pimp pimpinet. <laughs> Sorry, it's just too funny to remember that. Yeah. yeah, his email address was pimping it, and then he was kind of rude on the chat. And so both Julie yeah, and me, was. both of us were totally boy crazy. I mean, do you remember? Yeah. We were totally nuts. And we were convinced that because he was a bit rude, he must be super hot. Right. And so we were trying to talk to him. <laughs> I think you finally <laughs> met him at some point and no, realized that he wasn't no. that it's horrible. I feel so horrible. I kept in touch with him afterwards. And mm. then once he asked me to send my picture, and this is how little I knew about the about pictures, I sent him an attachment of my picture. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of freaked out about it. And I was like, actually, can you send it back to me? Please send it back to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At the time. <laughs> yeah. And then... I feel so bad because I had been talking to him for a couple of years, right? And then one day I asked him to send me a picture of him and he was like, no, no, you know, I can't. I just, I just don't feel comfortable. And, and then when he finally did, Judy, remember I told you? Did I tell yeah, you? yeah, you told me. <laughs> I was, I was shocked. I was, I mean, well, that's the internet. That's how the internet was at the time. You know, we didn't use cam webcams <laughs> You didn't have any webcam, I think, on your la- on your computer. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was kind of magic because you know you could imagine people's lives yeah. uh, on the computer, and it was yeah we 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 had a lot of a lot of fantasies about what what was really his life. Yeah. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I guess a lot of things have changed since then. But we were crazy teenagers and we really, sorry, we really thought that this guy looked like one of the Hanson dudes or like, yeah, yeah, you I know, at that time I was, I was, how do you say that? I was imagining that he looked like a guy from the Backstreet Boys yeah. who I was a fan of. I know. Oh and the worst part is, the worst part is he always used to be like, no, I'm not attractive. I'm not attractive. And we were like, no, you are, you are. And yeah. <laughs> No, it was it was it was quite funny. We had some. Well, it was a way for us to escape because yeah. as we were saying, we were living in um, mm-hmm. in Moscow, which well, it's a it's a very bizarre city. I mean, the time we lived there, yeah. it was very bizarre. At the same time, people were very. We had some very friendly uh, Russian friends mm-hmm. who we, we we had you know very interesting discussions with, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it was a time when. You know, the, the USSR had collapsed. Mm-hmm. There were huge crises in the country. Yeah. And of course, when there is a crisis, obviously, you know, people tend to blame mm-hmm. the, the, the foreigner, <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. we don't, because of foreigners. And that's the time mm-hmm. when um, skinheads and all these right wing groups started, you know, appearing from nowhere, basically. Yeah. Um, because ironically, in Moscow, the, the, the USSR, Moscow and Russia were very, very open to uh, third world students and, and diplomats. I, I remember there was a university, a huge university in Moscow, mm-hmm. which is called University Patrice Lumumba. 
And whoever knows a bit about, you know, history of independence in Africa knows that Patrice Lumumba was the first president of the DRC, the, the current mm. DRC, so the former Zaire. Yeah. And he, he well, there, there was a war, a, a war between the West and the East uh, during the independence period in, in the DRC. So some, some, some um, how would I say this? The, there were groups from the DRC who were supported by, which were supported by the West and other groups yeah. which were supported by the East. And obviously the East was in favor of independence, of course, from the imperialism and capitalism mm -hmm. uh, that were uh, imposed on, on the DRC at the time. So that's why they gave the name of Patrice Lumumba to, to, as a symbol of that mm. of friendship and of that solidarity against imperialism. So it's very ironic that there is this huge university uh, which is home to a lot of uh, foreign students from third world, I mean, so-called third world countries yeah. from Africa, from Asia, from elsewhere. Mm. And at the same time, there there was this rapid growth in the nine, at the end of the 1990s, this rapid growth of right-wing groups and violent groups mm -hmm. were basically, well, were touring metro stations, which were close to places where foreigners would, would go and specifically... Yeah foreigners from, you know, brown countries, I mm -hmm. would call them, mm -hmm. uh, to beat them up or yeah. even kill them and perfectly knowing that they won't be, face anything, any sort of justice or mm -hmm. any imprisonment or anything. And mm -hmm. yeah, that, that was very, that was a very bizarre time. I do remember though that, you know, when I had first come, I was living like in Arbat, Stari Arbat, which is this really artistic beautiful place where a lot of embassies were based mm. i remember i was really surprised first of all when i got to moscow because one the school we were both at the french school it was mostly people from west africa like i didn't expect that coming to russia you know <laughs> it was really surprising i was like whoa this the whole school is full of west africans <laughs> right and then the the funniest part i mean the, the the thing that I found really strange at first was that I was the only one of us that used to actually take the metro. Because mm, you used true. to take a car, Julie, uh, yeah. Audrey, another one of our friends also used to get picked up. And yeah. I remember once I had insisted on you guys coming with me, remember? I was like, come on, guys, like you live in Russia, you need to take the metro. Yeah. Do you remember when we took the metro that time? Uh, I think I remember I was very scared. Oh. <laughs> I was freaking out all the way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we didn't we didn't often take the, the, the public transportation, unfortunately, because specifically due to the fact that yeah, we, we were risking to be I mean, I don't know if we, we if we exaggerated the threat or not, mm -hmm. to be honest. But mm -hmm. our parents preferred not taking Yeah. I wouldn't say a risk, but yeah, they rather pick us up or and, yeah. and all this. Yeah, until even when I came to France afterwards, I was I had I still had this trauma that mm. yeah, metro metro is not a good place. Mm -hmm. But no, actually, it's uh, I I love it now. I take the metro all the time. I always <laughs> I'm always in public transportation you know, yeah. and everything. So yeah, it was it was very traumatizing. Very oh, traumatizing. We'd heard some quite horrible stories, but at the same time, nothing ever happened to you. So no, but I, but that one time when you guys did come with me, I remember because suddenly there was these, I, I guess you don't remember, but there were these three, there was a tiny group of boys at, in the same carriage as us. Mm -hmm. They didn't say anything, but then they did start saying something like, 
Negra. Yeah. At one point. Yeah. Yeah. That these are also the what we call the microaggressions. Microaggressions. Yeah. Yeah. That we we. I mean, personally, I was avoiding as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's true that, as I was saying, that there was a, Moscow is really a weird city where we have the most friendly and open-minded people. But at the same time, you also yeah. have stupid people who come to you and ask you whether you live in trees or whether you're monkeys and you like yeah. bananas. I, I mean, I've had really traumatic experiences once again. But at the same time, it's probably the I have my best childhood memories when mm-hmm. I think of Moscow. So it's really a love and hate relationship with Yeah. With that. No, I, I, I know. Me too. I mean, I was only there for two years, but even now, those are some of the best years of my life, you know? Right, right. Maybe not right. the first year because I got bullied a lot by, you know, this dude <laughs> called Matthias. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Who I defriended on Facebook because I was like, I don't want to be friends with my bullies anymore, you know? <laughs> No, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're but right. Um, I also remember, like, you had sent me this thing recently about uh, skinheads, right? Mm. And there mm. was this crazy incident where we were in a park, mm. right? So there was you, Ju- there was you, Audrey, who's from uh, Gabon, and me, mm. and I don't know who else was with us, but we saw in the distance this group of guys coming towards us, and one of them was a skinhead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I remember freaking out. I was like, oh, my God, guys, why are we staying here? But you and Audrey were not moving. No. You were not moving. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I think I had I had this thought. I was like, I've never discussed with a skinhead. I want to talk to him. I'm not scared of him. I want to mm-hmm. talk to him and understand why, why would he want to beat me up or beat up my friends just mm-hmm. because. He doesn't know anything about me. I haven't done anything to him. He mm-hmm. hasn't done anything to me yet. So we don't yeah. have any reasons to to have these, um, you know, very hate, hateful feelings. Mm-hmm. And so that's why. And also Audrey, she was she's a very <laughs> she was at the time very. Um, I mean, she 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 took a lot of risk. <laughs> she did. <laughs> <A lot>. Yes. <laughs> she she was uh, fear. I mean, she, she was fearless. Uh, fearless, exactly. Yeah. That's the word. So we, I think, I guess we wanted to stay to understand. I think it was a kind of like a psychological, mm-hmm. we wanted to understand really. Mm-hmm. And we were surprised. I don't know if we if we should talk about this now, but the, the, this guy was telling us, so he came to us mm-hmm. and uh, he said, you know, he told us straight from the beginning, you know, I'm a skinhead, blah, 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 yeah. trying to us or any Australian something I was a bit scared to be honest not not a bit I was I mean we all were I was like super scared and the only reason why I think I didn't react too much was because there was this other guy with him who looked like he was from a boy band remember he was cute (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's why you guys stayed because you're like oh there's that cute guy with him yeah yeah probably that's another reason he was cute that's true (laughs) he was kind of cute (laughs) And uh, yeah, we, we stayed and he started, he came to us and told us, you know, I'm a skinhead, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Okay. So you're a skinhead. That, that's great. So why are you a skinhead? Mm. Well, because I don't like black people. They, I don't remember exactly what he said, but I think he just gave us um, a lot of uh, preconceived ideas mm-hmm. that are associated with black or brown people. Yeah. And, um, and then at some point, he tells us that he's a huge fan of Whitney Houston. <laughs> like, you realize she's 
black, right? <laughs> yeah, she's black, but you know, she, well, she was a she's African American, so black American. I think that's something that made a difference. Uh, that's I think so. Funny. I kind of remember this, and then he started saying that she sings very well. She's very beautiful. Blah blah blah. I was like. You're not serious, guys. Come on. Yeah. Come on, be a real skinhead, dude. You're not right, right. Be, be racist to the fullest. I mean, you cannot hate some people and, and love others. That's, that so, yeah, it was. Well, I, I sent you that link because I, I um, on my Facebook feed, one of my friends shared a, a Vice News um, mm-hmm. um, post, I mean, article yeah. about gay skinheads. Right, right, right. <laughs> Whoever knows a bit about skinhead, yeah. philo- philosophy in general, they were totally anti-gay. I mean, yeah. they, they, if I remember well, there were some people who were uh, put in concentration camps at the beginning because they were gay. Of course, yeah. So I was like, why would you be? And then I thought of that. I was like, they're all very, they have a lot of contradictions. And mm-hmm. so, and I think, I, I think I remember that at the end of the discussion, I wouldn't say that we, we had changed his mind, but, you know, he was facing black girls mm-hmm. and brown, I mean, foreign girls. And he didn't, I mean, we didn't match the, the, the idea he had of us. I mean, we didn't, Yeah. Ha- I don't know what he had in mind, but um, yeah, we didn't correspond to probably what he, he, he was expecting from, from black girls, African mm-hmm. girls or Nepalese girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was, he was. I, I was quite happy. I, I wouldn't say I was happy, but I remember a sort of satisfaction feeling, mm-hmm. thinking that maybe at some point he questioned a bit his uh, his very stupid ideas and mm-hmm. stupid. I mean, that's really stupid. How can yeah. you be a fan of Whitney Houston and not like, <laughs> I mean, not like, and hate black people? That doesn't make any sense. When we know that a lot of music, pop music, is inspired. I mean, was mm-hmm. was brought in the U.S. or was. <laughs> It was black people who were at the forefront of the pop music at some point, R&B and all the, the things that everybody knows in the world now mm. and all the things that the U.S. is known for. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, uh, I kind of had this satisfaction. And it makes me think of another uh, discussion that is going on now in the U.S. on whether there should be a sort of pardon for a right-wing extremists, so mm-hmm. such as who were at Charlottesville. Yeah. And. Personally, I, I think I'm more in favor of that. I think we don't, we shouldn't, uh, although that's very controversial, I'm really into Black Lives Matter and all these movements. I really think that we have to be more uh, radical when, when talking about racism, radical in terms of uh, call a sheep a sheep, basically. Call mm-hmm. racism racism when it is, not call it outright, not call it whatever, radicalism, whatever. Mm-hmm. Call it racism and nazism. And tell people what's behind it and also tell to white people the privileges that were born from that oppression of mm-hmm. you know, minorities, I mean, so-called minority groups. Yeah. So, but at the same time, I do think that we are humans and that we do make mistakes and that we sometimes don't understand our world very well. Mm-hmm. That's, Diversity is so important because it gives you the occasion to interact with people with different experiences and mm-hmm. and learn from them and understand that maybe this idea that I had was wrong because I, I didn't imagine that, you know, it could be difficult for a black person to find a job yeah. or whatever. Yeah. These are examples. But, yeah, I, I think it, it's 
that that feeling of satisfaction that I that I had at that at the time we discussed with this guy at the end of the discussion, rem- I, I I remembered it with the discussions ongoing on child you know, whether there should be programs of uh, rehab rehab programs basically for for racists and I don't know I, I think it's something to explore. You should be sharing your your experiences on Russia more because I feel like after having gone through that, I've, there's no real place that's hard to live in in the world, is there? Oh, no. <laughs> like Audrey was saying, we've been through everything. The cold weather, <laughs> racism. <laughs> All, no, really, we, we've gone. Once you've made Russia, like you can live anywhere. And it's true. It's yeah. really true. It, it really <laughs> built my personality. You know, I'm now... I was telling my, my, my partner mm-hmm. that I am kind of immune to racism, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of, I know it, it exists. When I meet some people, I, I see on their face that they have things coming up in their mind or <laughs> yeah, why is she here? Why, why a black girl, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I know how to beat that. The only way to beat that is just to do things. And mm-hmm. it's even more true now that the, the, we have a medium which allows uh, unheard voices to be yes. heard and to make, to have an impact. You know, mm-hmm. you were mentioning Hans Van Kat. I don't, I'm not sure that 10 years ago I would have been able to go to Hans Van Kat and, and tell my opinion mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the way I do today. And I've, and I've been able to do that because we have this medium, which is the internet, which allows anyone, well, anyone with, good ideas and also bad ideas, unfortunately, but anyone to, yeah, voice, to have a voice and to count. And yeah, I think um, I'm kind of immune to to racism because I I know that if I do things and and these things are, have a meaning and have an impact, you know, nobody can tell me anything, you know, I, it's going to be hard, of course, but I think to some extent, it, I, I'm happy that I went through this. I'm happy we went through this because it has made us stronger. You know, we are very resistant, I think, to, to this. And we're able to spot, you know, bullshit whenever we see it from afar, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think um, I, I'm kind of, I live in France now. And, and there is also this fear that at some point, uh, racism and specifically uh, the Front National, so which is the right-wing extremist mm-hmm. party, um, will 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 at some point uh, probably make it to to uh, the presidential um, election. And um, you know, when I when people talk about this here, they 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 don't seem to realize. You know, they they're like. It's okay. I mean, we can go through this. And I'm like, you know, you have to be prepared because yeah. it's not fun. Um, I'm, I'm raising my son. Hopefully, I, I'm raising him, hopefully, with the idea that his world will be totally different and that his color of skin will, won't matter, what mm. will matter, his competencies, etc. blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, as I know that things can go, can change in a can dramatically change in a very short amount of time, like what I've seen in Russia, as I was saying. We, we had arrived right after the USSR had collapsed. So at the time, there was still this idea of solidarity between African nations who were looking for their independence from capitalism and imperialism mm-hmm. from the West, and, uh, and Russians who were fighting against that capitalism. Mm-hmm. We went from that to 
being beaten up in the metro in like, I think two, three, three years maximum. Mm. And it was really, sh- I mean, we didn't understand what, what happened. We really yeah. didn't see it coming. So I'm also, it, it, it has helped me a lot because I can be prepared to anything. I know that we have to be, there is no comfort. Don't think that because you have liberties or rights today, yes. you will have more. It's never, it's a, I mean, it's a process, continuous process. You have to fight for it every day in everything you do. And yeah, that's the only way you can make sure that what you enjoy today, your son will be able or your daughter will be able to enjoy it tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, beautifully said, Julie. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, Sabrina, for having me. And uh, it was very interesting. And uh, it was great um, to remember this great, I mean, paradoxically, great memories from Moscow. Great memories. No, honestly, like these are absurd situations, but they're so interesting. Yeah. Right. Right, yeah, right. for sure. So thank you, Julie, and please do come on our show anytime you want. Right. I listen to it very often. The latest episode I listened to was about eyebrows, I think. Oh, you know? eyebrows, yeah, the, the hairy episode. Oh, that was very interesting, you know. We never <laughs> talk about it, but it's, it's a huge problem, you know, for women. Especially. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Two Brown Sheeps, a podcast for storytellers. Catch you next time. Bye.